We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow, welcome to Pod Mavericks After Dark. The Dallas Mavericks just defeated the San Antonio Spurs uh, 126-119 to in what was at times an unnecessarily stressful game, but the Dallas Mavericks that we know and love wouldn't have it any other way. Josh, how are you? I'm doing good. I thought this was a pretty fun game, actually, all things considered. I know some. Mav- I tweeted that out, and some Mavs fans. I think the Spurs like immediately took like a two or three point lead after that, and they were like, "This isn't fun." And I was like, "But eh. objectively, I thought that was a pretty fun game for opening night. It got a little sloppy, but like sometimes opening night games can be a little rough to watch. You know, teams trying to get into the swing of things. But this was, I don't know, this was fun. Free, pretty free flowing game. Um, not a lot of stoppages uh, for the most part. Oh. Looks like my camera is going nutso, so I'm going to try to fix that. But yeah, that was a pretty fun game. Yeah, and I think we have to start with the the most obvious of them all, Derek Lively. Derek Lively, 20 points, 10 rebounds, and a debut off of the bench. I could not be more excited compared to where I was when the Dallas Mavericks started the game. And all of us were, and I'm sorry, quite rightfully out with our fucking pitchforks for Jason Kidd making it (laughs) unnecessarily hard again, Dark Souls style coaching where he wants it to be harder than it needs to be. Lively came in off the bench and simply changed the tune of the game. Um, With Maxi Kleber starting, Kleber had kind of an up and down game, largely up and down. Derek Lively came in to, to, did I put down 20 points? He only had 16 points. He was a plus 20. Um, sorry about that. I, I got my, uh, my stats wrong when I was reading on the, the page. 16 points, 
um, and 10 rebounds, which is really just, it's ridiculous. And, you know, we were talking about this in the Mavs Moneyball Slack as we were, um, as we were discussing the game and lively only (laughs) his career high at Duke was 13 points. So pretty, just, I don't even know where to start with him because the, the, the points are, are like just such a bonus because what he did was really help change the tone defensively for the team. What did you think? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it was a night and day difference in how the Spurs operated. I mean, the first, what the, I mean, basically until the first substitution, I mean, really until Lively got in the game, I mean, this it was pretty much a layup line. It felt like um, the Spurs had 46 points in the paint for the, for the game. But that was not, which is like a relatively okay number, not not good for the Mavs, not bad. But, I mean, they were trending towards like one of those nights from last season where they were getting upwards of high 50s, low 60s. I mean, everything was at the basket uh, for the Spurs uh, in the opening minutes. And that's not all, you know, Maxi Kleba and, you know, Derek Lively is not the only reason why things changed around. But, hey, putting in the tall 7-1 athletic guy, um, to help clog the paint uh, is certainly a better idea than maybe starting, you know, uh, what your front court was basically 6'6", six, 6'5", six, six, and 6'9", and 6'10", six, six, Maxi. Um, so, yeah, I, he made a difference immediately. And, and yeah, the offense was with shock. Like, I mean, we've seen in the preseason in summer league, he's been pretty composed on the defensive and obviously doing it for the first time in a regular season mm-hmm. game, that counts. That's a big deal. But we kind of expected if he's gonna if he's gonna contribute, he's gonna be contributing on the defensive end. The 16 points and the finishing around the basket was just like, I mean, that's like icing on the cake, man. I mean, uh-huh. that was awesome. I mean, he uh-huh. was, I mean, he was setting screens tonight. I mean, he got called for a couple um, offensive fouls, but he set better screens in this game than he set in the entirety of summer league and preseason. Yeah, we were watching his screen setting in summer league in the preseason was very much a cause for concern. And there frankly wasn't one tonight. Um, The the thing that I kind of keep coming back to. So I think for tonight, what we're going to do is we're going to push off the fact that the, the kid and the coaching staff nearly tried to outsmart themselves by with the starting lineup that they had. And I think the, the intent was when they put Maxi Kleber out there with Derek Jones Jr., was they thought that the Spurs would match and guard Kleber, and that didn't happen. So instead what happened was they Derek Jones would go to the corner, and this is only for like the first six minutes of the game. The Mavericks really pulled out of this pretty quickly. Derek Jones went to the corner, and Weminyama just stood at the elbow with his arms out where he it, it he basically became a shutdown corner and effectively closed off that side of the the basket. Kyrie Irving did not see Weminyama on his first shot attempt when Weminyama stopped him. I'm pretty convinced of that because Wemby's just so long. And when the Mavericks decided to go with Lively and and you know, here's the thing, I think Lively can shoot. You know, that uh, we probably won't see it this year, but I actually think that Lively can shoot threes. But the rim running effect change the gravity for the Mavericks because it was just so obvious that when Maxi's in the game and Luca tried to like throw him a couple of lobs that resulted in turnovers, you're just not getting Maxi going to the rim. It's it's no. just it's a different it's a different set. I I wonder if Maxi and and Lively can maybe play together at certain points. Um but it yeah, was of course it, they it, did they did in this game. They did. Yeah. <laughs> and and 
I'm curious to see if that'll maybe rejuvenate Maxi a little bit, but asking Maxi to play five at this day and age with the way he looks is simply a non-starter for me. And I hope the Mavericks either don't do it again or do it only in specific lineups that they're very happy with it. That said, the Mavericks pulled out of it after giving, they gave up a whopping 43 points in the first quarter. Uh, you know, the, the Spurs scored 119, so they scored over a third of their points in the first quarter alone. And that was the only reason the Mavericks were in the game. And I know people were kind of sick of Hardaway shooting, and I get it. I, I Hardaway drives me crazy too. Hardaway was on fire. He had 12 points in the first quarter. He's kind of the only reason the Mavericks were hanging around, hanging around yep. because Luka was on the board. Kyrie just didn't have it going at that point in time. Um, and, and it was just nice to see the Mavericks slowly chip away because that game and like, really guys, this is a dark stat that I just kind of been touting amongst friends. I didn't tweet it. Jason Kidd is one in six in debut in, in opening season games, Greg Popovich. And that was before tonight. Greg Popovich is 23 and three trends happen for a reason. And this was almost one where the, the, the Mavericks outsmarted themselves, but by starting lively in the third quarter, they reestablished the game, you know, by the eight minute mark, it was tied. It was, it was a really fun back and forth effort. I think the Spurs benefited from some really interesting scoring performances. Um, Sohan, for example, hitting a pair of threes was really just baffling to me, but I, I just, in terms of like positive things to come away from with this game, there are a lot. And, and, you know, obviously you start with, with lively, where do you, where do you think we go after that? What's something else that you were really just sort of like locked in on with this game? Well, I think the the big di- the big difference between the starting lineup and then how the team played basically after that because they did not go back to that lineup uh, once they abandoned it in the first quarter um, is with the starting lineup like the formula with the Mavericks it's it's not hard like we've seen it for four years it's Luca plus shooting plus rim runner mm-hmm. I, and, and I know people will want to tout that Lively is like the missing piece of that vertical spacing element. But like, I'm sorry, Dwight Powell has been one of the best rim runners in the NBA for the last four years. And we've seen this team look really, really good with Dwight Powell um, as that rim runner surrounded by shooting, surrounded by Luca. And when you look at that starting lineup, it was like they didn't have the vertical spacing because Maxi is pick and popping. And then they just had Derek Jones Jr. kind of staying in the corner and he wasn't really setting screens. So um, you really, with Luca, you really need that vertical spacing, that rim runner to, to kind of unlock things. And when they went to Lively, it just kind of felt like, you know, I don't mean this in like a bad or good, you know, it felt like the the good old Mavs were back, like the 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 good Mavs that we've seen since Luca's been drafted. You know, they were a good team in 2020. They're a good team in 2021. They're a good team in 2022, um, despite maybe some of the the playoff shenanigans in Luca's second and third season, like they still had good regular seasons. Like that's the formula. It's Luca shooting, rim running, uh, and once they got away from that the, that starting lineup, they kind of just stuck to that formula. And for the most part, they looked good. I mean, when you think about how badly they got outscored to start the game, I mean, I think they were down something like eleven uh, in the first quarter before they kind of abandoned that starting lineup to win the game by uh, what by seven points you know they basically you know they outscored the spurs from basically that middle point of the first quarter to the end of the game and they won every quarter they won the second they won the third and they won the fourth quarters like this would have been probably a casual mavericks win if they just started the game you know doing what they're good at and doing what they're what you know what they're supposed to be doing but you know hey it's the first game of the season they're going to experiment that's kind of what it is so that's like you know the form, like it, it just kind of clicked and like everything felt um, like it fit 
after that first, you know, opening six or seven minutes. There's still issues like, you know, the off-ball defense isn't great. You know, Luca kind of got beat backdoor a couple times. And Tim Hardaway Jr., despite that amazing first quarter and, and first half. Bad the rest of the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is – but the, the, the beauty of this Mavericks team compared to the team uh, of last season is they finally have options. Like mm-hmm. – yeah, Derek Jones Jr. stunk up the joint in his 11 minutes, but guess what? He only had to play 11 minutes because they could go to Josh or they could go give Dante Exum a couple minutes. Uh, you know, that the depth, uh, I mean, really paid off in this game, I think. I know not a lot of guys played in terms of who we thought. Like Seth didn't really play. Dwight Powell didn't play. Omex Prosper didn't play. Rashawn Holmes didn't play. Jaden Hardy didn't play. Um, but the fact that they didn't need those guys to win, mm. I think, says something because that means there's further tinkering that they can do down the road or, or more cards to play. So um, I kind of, you know, I, I think this is about as solid as a, as a debut game as you can have, considering all the new faces, considering the preseason, they didn't have a lot of time to gel because Luke and Kyrie were out. So I thought that was pretty promising the way they were kind of able to figure it out mid game. Um, that's always nice to see. Well, I want to talk about Luka Doncic, but before we talk about Luka Doncic, I want to ask something of the folks who are here on the live show. If you could, if you could go down there and like the stream for us, I am still learning about YouTube. We have my friend Jonathan there who is always sending me DMs after our show, letting us know the things that I need to be doing differently because there's just simply a lot we old heads do not know about how this works, but liking on the stream is very, very important. While you're liking that stream, if you could consider subscribing to pod maverick that would be simply fantastic there's 249 of you in here right now which is making me laugh because our off-season shows we just didn't get nobody which is not surprising uh if for those of you who do not know this we also run a second post-game show i run a second post-game show sometimes josh joins where you as you know fans and and, uh, members of the pod maverick mavs moneyball community can come up and talk just like Josh is. We use a really easy to use software where you can tap in from your phone or from your computer. We have a great time when the Dallas Mavericks win. We have an even better some time sometimes when the Dallas Mavericks lose because we we get all of our bitching out and talk to other human beings instead of talking uh, online and on Twitter where where people just tend to fight. So I would really recommend you you subscribe and like our show and and look for that other show which I will mention again towards the end here. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Um, bringing it back to Luka Doncic, uh, the, it's been mentioned in the chat quite a bit, which I'm really, really enjoying the chat. Uh, you guys are having a great time. 
Luka Doncic ran. And I don't mean like kind of jogged and did the Luka shuffle that he does. He, in that first quarter, busted his ass up the floor two or three times to the point to where the Spurs looked like they did not know what was going on. And if the Dallas Mavericks actually push, and, and you know, Haral Bulgaris, you know, kind of made some jokes about this on Twitter where it's just like they always ask Luka to push. If the Mavericks uh, push – they're going, it just changes the, the math for the rest of the game. There's uh John Bowman in the chat notes. He yelled at a ref while running. This is an improvement. It's a great point, John. <laughs> uh, frankly, if he's running, he can't bitch. And that that's a key distinction and something that really matters over time. Um, I felt that he was not only running, he was passing ahead more. I felt, and, and, you know, I, I would need to see the, 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 pace stats and that you know really that doesn't normalize until about 20 games anyways yeah but, but hey 19 fast break points which that did not happen a lot last season so i i just i don't know i'm such a a whiny grump when this team isn't fun and i simply had a great time and the pace really played a part in that so so tell me what you're thinking yeah 19 fast break points i don't i mean you could probably count on one hand how many times they got close to that number last season um, so that was really good to see. Um, the early transition offense, I think, also helped lively. I think he got a, a bucket or two, um, not necessarily on the fast break, but definitely pushing the pace. Um, pushing after made baskets, I thought was really good. They did that a couple times. And with their defense, I mean, like, let's be honest, the defense is going to be maybe better this season, but it's not necessarily going to be elite. At least uh, I don't think so. At least not yet. One game in, we, we'll see. But so they're going to have to get used to pushing after made baskets, I think, because I think that's still going to be the occasional issue for them. Um, yeah, like like the lively had that really nice kind of kind of reverse finish layup after Luca kind of kicked it ahead to him after after a miss um, after a miss basket, and then. They had a really nice push ahead to Kyrie, got a, like a transition layup in clutch time, which, I mean, you talk about how slow this team was. I mean, if you thought the Mavericks were slow last season, just in normal regulation, like when it was clutch time, I mean, they were basically like – That was dinosaurs. everything we did not see last year. In, <laughs> so they like – yeah, so they forced two turnovers in clutch time. They got Kyrie on the fast break after mm -hmm. it. Um, mm -hmm. Like that was awesome. You just didn't see that. And I think that's part of, you know, Kyrie kind of integrating himself into the team more because Kyrie likes to likes to run. He likes sure. to get up and down the floor. So that can be maybe a little contagious for Luca because if you think about think about the last few years, Luca hasn't had Luca hasn't run because who has forced him to run? Sure. I mean nobody. <laughs> I mean, you look at the roster they've had, they just have not had the type of dynamic, quick athletes that you'd want to get out in the open floor. Yep. His running mate for a long time was Jalen Brunson, who also liked to to kind of slow the, slow the game down and walk the ball up the floor. Um, so, so I think with Kyrie, with Lively, with some more athletes, with Grant Williams, with some more youth, I think they're gonna force. Because I don't think Luca doesn't want to run. I think he's more like, what's the most optimal scenario for us to score right now? Yeah. And I think he understood the last few seasons. It's like we gotta grind it in half court games because we don't have the the horses to run. Now they have some more horses, and I think Luca is going to take advantage of that um, a bit more. At least, you know, for one game, we'll see. We'll see what it looks like, but at least for one game, it looked it looked pretty nice. Well, and and so 
for those who have followed us for several years now, we try to keep our shows, particularly our post-game shows, within about 30 minutes. And we're 17 minutes into a particular show right now. And we've not mentioned the Dallas, Dallas Mavericks, you know, ostensibly second best player very often in Kyrie Irving. And Kyrie, I think probably this this would qualify as one of his most frustrating games. Uh, 36 minutes, 10 of 24 shooting for 22 points. However, he also closed the door on the Spurs. Yep. The, the Anybody that says Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving cannot play together simply don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Um, I know I swear too much. I'm sorry, but I, it's an emphasis that, that needs to be said because the, a pair of offensive savants are going to figure out a way. Uh, Kyrie had a struggle bus of a shooting night. That's going to happen. He's 30 years old. He's an it's it, he's not, you know, the the 22-year-old wonder kid that he once was, but you could see in the shots that he was taking just I mean, his his game is just so freaking gorgeous to watch. And there are going to be nights where he and Luca simply pour it on. Uh it was nice that Luca was able to come through, but you know, one of the things that I felt was very interesting was the minutes distribution for both he and and Luca. I would need to see kind of the 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 heat map. Um, Nick Angstad did something like that a couple weeks ago, uh, where he showed like how different superstars display their minutes. But it felt like Luca played a little bit in every quarter, and I think that really that just changed the way the game felt for me. They didn't get quite to where I I've been sort of begging them where Kyrie runs the offense in the first quarter and Luca's the hammer in the fourth. But there were signs, and they they looked different. I, I'm not saying this correctly, but because I'm, I'm having a hard time coming up with how to explain it. Um, but it, it the game, the offensive game felt more fluid, and I felt like the ball popped a little more, and I felt like they left a whole lot of meat on the bone, all all the same. Oh yeah, that's for sure. I'm I'm actually surprised you thought because I kind of felt like at least the way they played outside of the fact that they were getting in transition a little bit more. I thought half court wise, they kind of looked the same as they did last year in terms of like Kyrie and Luca working together. I don't think I saw Luca set a screen for Kyrie tonight. Of course, correct me if I'm wrong. We don't have access to second spectrum data like some of our, our fancy friends. So they could correct me there. Uh, I did see Luca's uh, Kyrie screen for Luca in the fourth quarter, but it was purely one of those. I'm It'll doing this screen to, yeah. to create a mismatch. Like I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not rolling. I'm not popping. I'm just bulldozing my guy into your guy so that they can force the switch. And then you're going to isolate and go to work. Um, but the thing is, is, you know, so that didn't happen as much, you know, there wasn't as much maybe new creativity between those two as, as I think myself or, and other fans, spectators, media people would hope, but it, as I said, I wrote in my piece this morning because I wrote about Kyrie and Luca. They don't even need to do that to be great because they didn't do that last season, and they were basically the best offense in the NBA when those two were on the floor. So uh, they still have time to figure it out. They can still wait and and maybe bust it out and and more high leverage situations. But the baseline is those two on the floor equals good offense, and the mm-hmm. Mavericks had a great offense tonight. And yeah, we can maybe we can maybe nitpick about. You know, Luke is not setting screens for Kyrie and these guys aren't maybe moving off ball off each other as well as we want. But at the end of the day, I saw Luca run a high screen roll with Derek Lively in the fourth in a, in a, in a crunch time situation. And, and Kyrie got a wide open corner three that he made. And it's like, that's it. That's the game, right? Like they're ma- the way that they can make the game easy for each other. Sometimes it doesn't, it's not always going to be 
fancy actions that we want to see. Sometimes it's just, hey, Kyrie's an amazing spot-up shooter. Him being in the corner just opens up a lot. And, and Lively being a threat opens up a lot. And basketball can be really simple when you've got threats uh, on other spots of the floor, which I think was also a pretty big key for tonight. What did you what did you think of of Grant Williams game? Because I I like it, it was the kind of an idealized version of a Grant Williams game for me where I went through the full gambit of emotions with every single thing that he did where in the first quarter and he got burned going to like by Spurs going to the basket. I was like ready to eject him into outer space. <laughs> but then, of course, I think he alone was responsible for drawing at least two, possibly three of Victor Wembanyama's fouls. Um, he connected on some absolutely huge three pointers. Uh, I just, I just, I, I really, it, he's going to be a fun and challenging player to root for, I think, during his time with the Mavericks. Yeah. <laughs> this game was, I think, perfect for what we've been talking. We've been talking about this all summer about mm -hmm. how I think some people need to rein in their expectations a little sure. in terms of what type of, not necessarily the production, but just the type of player that Grant Williams is. Mm -hmm. Like I said, he is much closer to Dorian and Reggie Bullock in terms of an offensive player than I think a lot of folks maybe wanted to admit because they were caught up in the excitement of just this new acquisition. But also having an, a younger, more athletic, better shooting version of Grant of, of sorry, excuse me, a more athletic, younger, better shooting version of Dorian and Reggie is a pretty good fit for this Mavericks offense. Um, you know, he was four of eight from three, 17 points. He was six of 11 overall from the field. It's a pretty, you know, six rebounds, a block, like not dissimilar of a stat line that you would see from Dorian from a good Dorian game. Um, the thing with Grant, though, is that I think I'm, he's going to be a way more consistent shooter than Dorian is, uh, and Dorian was. Uh, and then the other thing is that he's got some girth, and he and he's not going to get muscled around a lot. I think mm -hmm. the first half was a little weird defensively. I think it took him a while to settle, and he got beat bad in some one-on-one -on -one situations. But as the game went on, he was much better defensively. Second half and fourth quarter, especially, he was great defensively, um, and he kind of because of the fact that he's not a guy that's going to have a high usage or do stuff on his own, he is going to have some quarters and moments where he's kind of invisible a little bit offensively. First quarter, zero points. Second quarter, nine points. Third quarter, zero points. Uh, fourth quarter, eight points. Um, because he's, he's more of a spot-up guy. And occasionally you're not going to get the spot-up looks because teams are going to guard you differently. And he's not a guy that's going to maybe – you know, he's not going to run pick and rolls and do stuff like that, which is okay, which is fine. The team doesn't need him to do that. Um, the only thing I would have liked to see more from Grant was maybe some more pick and pops with Luca. Didn't see a ton of that. Um, but the fact that he was still able to be productive without that, you know, again, I think you said it earlier, they have more meat on the bone. They certainly have more with him in terms of how they want to use him. But if this is how we like the, the nice thing about Grant is even without all that, this is kind of like the floor, you know what I mean? Of, of, of his game. This was a good game. He can miss some shots and yeah. maybe he has worse games, but like in terms of his usage, uh, this is kind of like his, his baseline expectation. He's going to, he's going to get these shots every single night. CM 33 in the chat notes, something that I saw too, where it was like a, a quick twitch as, as see, he says a quick trip twitch layup on the block. It was yeah. a drop step layup that, but like Dorian can't do that. Yeah, and Reggie never did that either. Reggie I mean, never I, did that. I think Reggie had like what, like 10, two point field goals last. I mean, yeah. Something astronomical. So he's def 
I don't mean to slight Grant at all. Like no. he's definitely better at that stuff. Than I, but expectations around yeah. him where it's like, oh, he's going to be coming in and he's going to be playing out of the short roll and making some right passes and being a little bit of a playmaker. Like I made a joke. He had like a full court Luca pass ahead where he dribbled in and got a layup where I just like, he dribbles like a fat guy. I did, I couldn't think of any other way how to explain it where he like bounces with the ball and it just fucking killed me because I dribble like that as a fat guy. Um, and I, I, grand experience is going to be fun. There's going to be nights where I come in here and, and can't stand how he played, but it's always, it's nice to have a guy that kind of elicits that kind of emotion. That's a role player because he, he gives and takes. And tonight he did a whole lot of giving and I really had a lot of fun watching him. Um, we're pretty close to maybe wanting to close up here. So I'm kind of thinking, you know, the, there really isn't too many other people we could talk about. I, I, Josh Green hit two huge threes. Um, his shot just looks beautiful. We've not talked since the Mavericks re-signed him to a contract extension mm -hmm. for three years. Was it 41 million? Is that yep, right? Three, yep. Three for 41. Absolute steal. Um, yep. I know it kind of floors people nowadays when you hear about how much NBA players make, but he's making less per year, uh, I think, than Grant Williams. Yep. And he still has a lot of growth he could do. There's going to be nights where he's not great, but I think he's going to work his way into the starting lineup for a significant number of games. And we're going to be pleased with how he plays. I, I was, I, you know, somebody in the chat said his defense was pretty bad tonight and I didn't honestly didn't see it, but that that's not, that doesn't mean I'm right. I just, you know, it's one of those things where it's, yeah. uh, it's, I think it's he, part of, yeah, I think he was better in clutch time. I think the first three quarters or so. I mean, that was kind of like the whole team. The whole team was pretty bad defensively the first half and third quarter. And and for once they got some like, like the timely stops, which they, that was just non-existent last season. Mm -hmm. um, he still found, like, I know people are really mad about him not starting, still found his way to 29 minutes. He played the final, what, three or three or four minutes of the game, final two minutes of the game. Um, he closed the game out. So, that you know whether he starts or not it's pretty apparent that he's going to be a big part of this thing you know it's not like he got yanked around tonight or like Derek right. like Derek Jones played 11 minutes and you know no one else off the bench really threatened him for minutes at all i mean he was he was the main guy besides Derek Lively and Tomardoy Jr so um uh, yeah my final comment has to be Jason Kidd being mic'd up put on one of the most most performative coaching displays he's ever had like i him screaming, he doesn't do that. He doesn't. Yeah, that was do pretty that. funny. He doesn't like, talk that it much. It was great, and like the announcers, like Reddick was there. I think it was Reddick, wasn't he, in the announcer crew tonight? Yeah, it was Reddick, like, uh, Reddick, and uh, Richard Jefferson. They when he first got on the mic, they they talked about how he's like uncharacteristically quiet, and I remember laughing out loud because I'm just like he's always quiet. He does coach, but he's not a demonstrative coach. Period. That's okay. Sometimes it makes me want to scream. But he doesn't sit there like Tom Thibodeau going ice, ice, ice. Like that was ridiculous. Get out of here. Just, <laughs> yep. the, just the, the performative nature of athletics sometimes really, really tickles me. Um, what'd you think of uh, Victor Wembanyama? I thought he was he was awesome offensively. <laughs> like offensively, I was not expecting him to like, and I'm big on him. I just thought his offense was going to take a little bit, and of course, mm -hmm. it's just one game. But his three pointer looked great. His jumper looked great. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought it was a shame that he kind of, you know, the foul trouble, he only played 23 minutes. Like I would have, I mean, great for the Mavs. I mean, yeah. that might honestly have been the reason why they won the game was that he only played 23 minutes instead of like 30 or 32. Um, but I mean, he didn't have any cheap. Oh, that's another thing we could say, like credit to the Mavs. 
they got him, you know, there were, I think Victor had maybe two moving screens that he was called for. Yeah. But there were two fouls that, that he committed that were basically the result of the Mavs, like not being scared of him and being That's aggressive. right. Derek Lively got and, one early and, on. Not yeah, Derek Lively. Um, um, Derek Jones John, Jr. Yeah. That was probably the best play Derek Jones Jr. made all night in his 11 minutes was he went hard right into, into, into Wimbanyama's chest and got a foul. I think Grant Williams got another one as well. Um, so get like kudos to the Mavs for, for kind of forcing the issue there and getting him into foul trouble just as a, as a fan, just watching, I would have loved to see him more because I mean, it was, it was a difference when, when he was on the floor, especially like defensively, like the Mavericks just could not operate as cleanly maybe as they wanted to, um, with him on the floor, but, but yeah, he's fun. Uh, I'm so glad he's in the Mavericks division for forever yeah. and ever and ever. The best part about <laughs> basketball season being back is the plethora of text messages I get from people that are Mavs fans coming out of the woodwork to be like, this is awesome. And I, I love it. Always do text me. People that you haven't talked to in a while. Or yeah, yeah, it's great. It's it's great. Um, Okay. I think we're done. If you want to head on over to MavsMoneyBall.com, I wrote about 800 words on the game during the game. Uh, I'm going to, we're going to close out of this show. And we're going to start our fan, you know, we're all fans, but I want you guys to come up here and join me and talk about this game with me a little bit. Get your takes off. My friend Jason Gallagher already sent me a message. He's looking for it. I'm trying to berate my friend Dave Dufour into joining the show, uh, but you don't have to be media people. I want regular fans that just have thoughts and want to be happy. So that show is already out there waiting for you on YouTube. I'm going to close out of this one, post this to a podcast feed and hop back in. In the meantime, overnight, we're going to have multiple articles up at MavsMoneyBall.com. I'm really tempted to go with uh, a headline on one of our posts of Derek Lively outplays Victor Weminyama. Probably not going to do it because I don't think it's fair. But, God, we just – it's been since – we haven't had a great game since like that 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 Mavs uh, uh, Sixers game where Luca and Kyrie scored forty each. We just haven't had this kind of fun. So I really I want to enjoy this. So please um, subscribe to that show and and or subscribe to our podcast channel. Let's hop back in here in about fifteen minutes and talk some more ball. Josh, you got anything else? Uh no, nothing else. I think we we can get ready to get out of here. But also just. <laughs> Spurs made 11 threes, Mavs made 15, a uh, 12 point advantage of the three point line in a, in a seven point game. Uh, so Mavs basketball is back yeah! uh, for sure. Okay. We're going to have a great season. Please yeah. come hang out. We will talk with you guys soon. Uh, looking forward to talking to everybody and have a great night. If you aren't going to join that one, go Mavs. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.